Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Reese, and normally what I do is read from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. But today I just wanted to do a check and see how y'all are doing. Check on you. Make sure you're good. It's a whole lot that has transpired over the past few days. I'll share that with y'all at a different time because I'm going to do a whole lot of homework. (laughs) And I do mean a whole lot of homework um, before I kind of unpack all that has transpired. But nevertheless, I wanted to check on y'all and see how y'all are doing. Um, I'm sure y'all probably felt some type of, we're going to call it turbulence in the atmosphere because I know I've been feeling some turbulence, but I truly, truly do believe that help is on the way. Whatever that help looks like for you, I know what it looks like for me. And so I do hope that you are staying encouraged despite everything you might be going through. There's a particular scripture that comes to mind. I was sharing this with a friend of mine on today. Um, and I'm going to read it to you. So for those of you that do not know, or for those of you that aren't really into scripture, you can still take this. You can make it your own because what is being said in these verses, if you grab hold of it, meditate on it, make it yours, your world could change suddenly. And I mean that in the most positive way, despite everything you might be going through, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, no matter what it is that you are going through, if you just take these words and you make them your own, meditate on them, break them down, do whatever you got to do in order for you to own it, I would encourage you to do that because in this season, this is actually one of the things, one of the scriptures that I am holding on to, and I've encouraged my children to do the same. So it is called, um, well, the scripture is Amos 9, 13 through 15. So here we go. And it says, now this is in the message Bible because it is easier than the thou and the these and the the King James Bible. So I'm going to read from the messenger, the message Bible. So here we go. Verse 13 through verse 15. And it reads, yes, indeed. It won't be long now. Can you imagine that in a song? Okay. Anyhow, (laughs) God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other, you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. 
They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God says so. And so for those of you who truly believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that word, that God's word does not return unto them void. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was encouraging her to speak those things that be not as though they are. Because a lot of times what we do is get caught up in what we see. But that is not how faith operates. So there, and I tried to tell her it was so funny because I tried to tell her, I was like, how come that scripture is not coming to my mind? And I know. So now I know faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen and some versions that may say not seen. However, according to the Oxford languages, faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something, a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And so I was trying to encourage her to start speaking those things that be not as though they are, because it's so easy when things are not going the way that we feel as if they should, then we can lose sight of the bigger picture. And I told her sometimes things are just a distraction that you weren't even ever supposed to be focused on that thing. But if the enemy could get you to focus on that thing, you will lose or could potentially, if you're not careful, lose the blessing that's over here or lose sight of the blessing that's to come. And so one of the reasons why I am encouraging you to stand on Amos 9, 13 through 15 is because with all of the things that are going on in this world right now, if you're someone that just needs just a little bitty a little bitty, a little bit of faith, the size of a mustard seed. If you're just someone that just needs just a little bit, you know, the scripture says, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, then you can move mountains. You can speak to that mountain and say it and tell it to move. So I'm encouraging you. If you have a mountain in front of you, one that you feel like is just, you couldn't climb it on your best day because sometimes we feel like that. Sometimes we feel like there's just so much going on. It could be your finances. It could be a broken relationship. It could be your a broken heart. It could be it could be so many things. It could be the loss of a loved one. The list goes on. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the list goes on. But whatever your mountain is in your life. Whatever your mountain is looking like in your life right now in this moment, if you grab hold, grab hold of something bigger than you, so to speak, grab hold on your hope of your hope. And like I said, if it's the size of a mustard seed, at least you're starting somewhere. Start somewhere in terms of healing, in terms of mending Fences in terms of reconciliation, whatever you your season is looking like right now, grab hold of something 
and don't let go. For me, it's that scripture. For me, it's that scripture because I, I believe that whenever I put the word of God into the atmosphere, that's what's not going to return into him void. I could talk all day long. My words could just be empty, falling by the wayside. But I know whenever his words are spoken, it don't matter what the atmosphere feels like. It don't matter what that what you're feeling in your emotions. It doesn't matter what you're feeling psychologically, mentally, physically, spiritually. None of that matters. But the moment that you decree and declare what thus said God or what thus said the Lord, those words he recognizes. And I have to remember that my thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are not his ways. And therefore, because my thoughts are not his thoughts and my ways are not his ways, those things sometimes that I believe are the best for me. He's like, no, nah, boo boo, that's not it. <laughs> I got this over here for you. But in order for you to get to this over here, I got to scrub some of that other stuff away from you. I got to prune you. I got to get you ready for what I have for you. And I need to get you into alignment. So I'm going to share this with y'all because a lot of people don't know what it is that I've been through in terms of my career journey. So I'm not going to talk about the name of the company because, you know, it is what it is. But what I will tell you is that um, the company that I work for, my primary company that I work for, I actually do a lot of other stuff. But anyway. Um, I've been at that company for seven years. So a lot of people, a little bit over seven years, a lot of people know that seven is the number of completion. But what a lot of people don't know is that I had a friend who asked me if I would please apply for a position. And she asked me if it would be, it was a customer service position. So she was like, Teresa, please, please. I mean, you'll get a, I'll get a referral bonus and I'll split it with you. So, you know, that sounded real nice because the bonus was a thousand dollars. And so, you know, after you take out taxes or whatever, probably it probably anyway, it would have been more than what I had. I'll just put it like that. It would have been a nice amount. So um, I agreed after she had asked me for three months straight, because truth be told, I kept coming up with excuses, kept coming up with excuses of why it was I did not want to go to this particular employer. First, I talked about the travel. Then she was telling me that there was a different way that I could go. Then I started talking about the fact that it was going back to customer service. And I had pretty much, I had been in customer service at that time, a little, almost 30 years. So it was one of those situations where I did not want to do that. <laughs> I was so spent. I was like, no, nah, I think I'm good. I don't want to do it. So it didn't matter the name of the company. It didn't matter what benefits they offered to me. Like none of that mattered to me. But I'm going to tell you what did matter. How she won me over. And it wasn't even about me getting a portion of, you know, the referral bonus. It's when I realized my friend really, truly wants to work with me again. Because we used to work together. That's how we actually met each other. So once I got that revelation that she really, really wanted to work with me again, it became easier for me to say yes. So I said yes. I did not know that the background check that they were going to do was going to be so extensive. It got to the point that I didn't want to proceed any longer because the background check seemed like it just took forever in a day. <laughs> so I got a little frustrated with that part, that process. 
Fast forward. I get the job. Now, in the interview, the person that had interviewed me, he kept making it seem like, like every, okay, so first they said, I'm just going to give you an example because it's been so, it's been seven years, y'all. So the way my brain is set up, yeah. (laughs) But anyhow, so he was first, I was supposed to meet with him at one o'clock. He made me wait for 15 minutes. We go into a room. He leaves the room because he said he got a phone call. He comes back five minutes later. Somebody else tells him another phone call. He leaves again. He did this three times. So the interview drug out. At the end of the interview, he says, you got the job. And I'm like, okay, great. He goes and introduces me to, you know, the people that I'm going to be working with. And I was like, okay, that's nice. And he looks at me after, you know, he's about to walk me out. He said, you want to know why I gave you the job? And I was like, please. He said, because I tried to frazzle you. I tried to get you all frazzled up by leaving, by being late on the interview time, by constantly, the minute you'd be mid-sentence, I'd leave and take a call. I tried to get you all frazzled up, but you did not falter. You kept the same positive energy, no matter what it was that I threw in your direction. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was being tested and didn't even know it. The test didn't stop there though. For an entire seven plus years, I've been being tested. And there were times that I would go to my car and I would cry my eyes out during my lunch break. There were times that I would go to my desk, my, well, we're going to call it a cubicle. I would go to my cubicle, pack it all the way up because I was like, I'm not going to do this, not another day. There were times that I literally had to swallow my tears and smile. There were times that I literally would get nauseated because I did not want to go into the building. One time I was actually driving and heading in that direction to go and clock in. And I had a nervous breakdown on the highway. I was hyperventilating so badly that I had to pull over. And then I called somebody and they literally told me, Teresa, You're having a nervous breakdown. You need to get like, this is not the place that you need to be thinking about right now. You need to let your boss know that you will not be in. As a matter of fact, we're going to get that process started for you. You just try to find a way. And if you can't drive yourself home, who can you call to get you home? Went through that. Went through... I counted all of them, y'all. I went through for two different positions, a total of 20 interviews, and I was told no 20 times. But I did not give up. Now, all of the circumstances for a lot of people that they know my testimony were like, (laughs) girl, I would have gave up a long time ago. I would have gave up when it took forever for the background check to come. I would have gave up because I didn't like the the schedule that they gave me. I would have gave up when I got told three times that I didn't get a promotion. 
but I did not give up. And I remember praying because I prayed a whole lot. I'm, I love to pray. So I, I was praying and this was like the second phase. I'm going to say the second phase of the season. So I'd re- eventually I did receive a promotion. So the first time it took 11 times before I got a promotion. The second time it took nine times before I got a promotion, nine interviews. So first time is 11 interviews. Second time is nine. So what ended up happening? <laughs> Right before the pandemic hit, I had packed up my cubicle. I was like, I cannot do this anymore, Lord. I don't know. But see, I was still fearful of him. So because I was fearful of God, I did not want to move before him because I know the consequence of doing that. I've had to see those type of situations unfold. And so... I prayed and there were these cards that I had gotten at the, it's like a, a affordable store and the cards were prayer cards. So each day they had a different scripture, but this particular scripture that I pulled out, cause what I would do, I'm like, Lord, if I pull out whatever card I pull out, that's the scripture that you want me to have. So I pulled out the scripture and the scripture that he gave me, and I put it up because my, de- my desk was packed aside from the laptop. I put that card up in the left-hand corner of my cubicle. And here were the words that kept me steady. Psalms 46.10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And what kept standing out to me were those words, be still and know that I am God. See, my flesh wanted to quit. My soul was weary, but my spirit was strong. And so when my soul got weary and my flesh got weak, my spirit recognized that God's word does not return void and meditated on those words. Be still and know that I am God. It wasn't even it might have been no more than three weeks after I put that scripture up that we were told that we were going to work remote. So by working remote, I am now isolated and I'm spending time with God and I am telling him the burdens of my heart. It had gotten to the point I had talked to my big bro one time and he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get some paper and I want you to write down every single person's name that has that you can remember that has ever hurt your feelings. And I want you to put their names in a bucket. And then I want you to pray for them. But I don't want you to pray a a mad prayer or a hurtful prayer or a angry prayer toward them. No, 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 no. What I want you to do is pray for them because the Bible says that we should pray for our enemies. So pray for them. 
And I'm like, okay, out of obedience. I did it out of obedience. And so what I noticed is that as I was writing these names down, the tears started to fall. I started to realize that I had all this pain that had been building up from the people that were looking me in my face, smiling and grinning and rejecting me and stabbing me in my back all at the same time. Whether it was intentional or unintentional, my heart felt it the same way. And so I allowed myself to go through that process I allowed myself to grieve. I allowed myself to mourn. I allowed myself to be angry. I allowed myself to be, I gave myself permission. Excuse me. <clears throat> I gave myself permission to feel each and every emotion that was attached to that pain. And then I prayed a righteous, fervent prayer over them, hoping the best for them. I even had another friend of mine. And if she's listening, she knows who she is. <laughs> At one point, she was like, those that you know that don't mean you any good, why don't you try having a conversation with them and asking them, what are your career desires? What do you want to do with your career? I'd really like to know that so I can know which area to pray for you. See, those types of conversations take maturity to a whole nother level. But what it also does is causes you to decrease so that God can increase within you. If you're someone that believes in God. And so what I was being, what was happening to me in that process is that I was being pruned. Remember, I never wanted to work at that employers. So why would I be given a greater position if my desire wasn't even to work there? Shouldn't it go to someone who really wants to represent that company? What I noticed in the time that I was being quote unquote quarantined and we were the whole world had shut down for those couple of years, I started to view that employer differently. I started to recognize the blessing that was in that employer. I started to redefine my relationship with my employer. I started to appreciate the gifts that were coming through my employer. And when my heart posture changed, when my perspective toward my employer changed, my atmosphere changed as well. I was still so that I could know God in a different light. So what I once was viewing as a curse ended up being a blessing. It's amazing how sometimes we go through certain things and we may not understand why we're going through these things. And we're just like, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. We should be probably rejoicing and saying, wow, is me. (laughs) Because if God allows it to come to you. He's trying to get something through you. And so the more that I began to look at my employer differently, I noticed that the way that I worked started changing. The way that I communicated started changing. 
Everything about me began to change. I didn't take certain criticisms personally as much as I used to. I was able to have mature dialogue. I was able to agree to disagree, no love lost. I was able to converse with the same people that hurt my heart. And I operated in forgiveness instead of bitterness. And that was over a period of time that literally took me to decrease so that he could increase to show me this ain't even about you, girl. Because <laughs> sometimes you could have these conversations in private and then publicly you're like, oh, OK, so that's what this is what we're doing. I mean, I thought this was just between me, and you, God, now I'm on Front Street. OK, all right, well, let's do this then. So over a period of time, my heart posture changed. And as I became grateful, my atmosphere changed too. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. But he will always remain the same, no matter what. He will always remain the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So because my heart postures changed and my atmosphere changed, the way I viewed life changed, by the time I made it back, now I know, I you know, I, I gained some COVID pounds, so. <laughs> Woo, I gained some COVID pounds. Lord, help me with that. But anyway, I digress. But. Because everything about me had changed, I was now being viewed in a different light. And so the next time when I went for that promotion, God said yes. So I don't know who this is for, but I felt like I needed to share. I say promotion. That's what I talked about. But you could be an expectation of something happening one way. But then the moment that you change your heart posture, it happens in a totally different way. There may be somebody that you literally can't stand right now. But what if God asked you to pray for them? Would you pray for them grudgingly or would you pray for them willingly? Nine times out of 10, if we're operating in the flesh, it's going to be grudgingly. But if we allow our spirit man to surrender to his will, then we literally are able to view those people the way that he views them, whoever the person may be or persons. Not my will, but thy will be done. So if you're wanting to focus on anything in this season, I would encourage you to find a way I say Amos 9, 13 through 15, but you may have a totally different scripture that you like to meditate on. But the one right now for me and this season is Amos 9, 13 through 15. And again, it reads, yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, 
blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. Those same mountains, most likely, that you asked to be removed. <laughs> that was just me. That's me. That, you know, that, that's like a little side note. That was just my little, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God says so. So this is going to conclude my episode on today. However, I hope that y'all are having the most amazing evening, afternoon, morning, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.